Hi everyone, it's Maya and welcome back to Self-Care Way to Success podcast. Today I have a very special guest for you guys and I will let her introduce herself. I'm Jennifer Rucka and I'm so excited to be here, Maya. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. I'm so glad you could be here with us. So Honestly, I want to start off talking about your book, Soul Center, because it was really impactful for me, but I don't think the listeners are that familiar with it. So can you just briefly tell us what it's about and then what inspired you to write it? Well, this is it. I'm, I'm immediately jumping into the sit method, which is in it, in a, <laughs> like, but Soul Center, the, the book, is it's really a metaphysical text that that allows us and enables us to look at ourselves in a way that we can no longer not look at ourselves. So it's really a book about accountability, but wanting to be accountable. So in the book, I offer some methods in the book called the sit method, but each, each chapter is really designed. Like I wrote in there to act like a drift that you mainline into your system. So that by the time you get to the end of the book, you may not be using the sit method at all because now you're looking at yourself in a way, like I said, where you can no longer not look at yourself. So you're in self-reflection as to what's going on out in the world rather than deflection. So once we come into self-reflection, the war out there stops, so to speak, because now we're realizing that what is happening out there through people, places, and situations is being emitted from us. It's affecting the quantum field and we're aligning to other fields alike so that we can undergo a trigger or inspiration depending on how you want to look at it to heal ourselves through feeling because i believe that our sole purpose is to feel otherwise we wouldn't be in these chemical suits right yeah. chemicals the body is all chemicals or feelings so if we weren't meant to feel our feelings through then what else would we be doing here, right? Yeah. And we get really good at deflecting from feeling and we busy ourselves with all of the distractions and we go on the hunt for our purpose out there by not feeling, you know, by distracting ourselves. And that always makes us feel purposeless. But once we start to feel, we feel more purposeful and then we don't feel like we're trying to run around finding our purpose. Does that make sense? Yeah. It kind of went on a tangent. No, you're completely fine. <laughs> it definitely makes sense. I think that, you know, that is something that is definitely holding back a lot of people in life. And I think that it's trendy to not be in tune with your feelings and not have that mind-body connection because sometimes those feelings are painful, right? So it's much easier to ignore them rather than tune in them and face them. But that's really necessary to kind of like, connect with all that we are and all that we we bring to the world right and mm -hmm. for me um with your approach to trauma and kind of like dissecting that to be a better person and a more whole person i too firmly believe that like the past is the parent of the present but what are some tools to sort of achieve this self-awareness that you think is needed to overcome trauma in a way that you know kind of like taking from your book if you want just to like kind of help people listening like hey how do I do what she's saying how do I overcome this thing that I'm dealing with well I can never really give 
you know, advice to anybody. I can just go off of sharing my own experience and what's worked for me. And I know what didn't work for me. And that was remaining ignorant to my feelings and trying to distract myself. And I didn't even really become aware of wanting to dive into my feelings um, until many years later after I had an epiphany and that epiphany or awakening, whatever you want to call it, happened in 2005. But for me, I really believe that if we not just feel our feeling like, oh, I'm angry or I'm sad and go, okay, I'm going to feel that for a couple seconds. But if we actually allow ourselves to feel it through until it's no longer active in us, meaning that like I wrote in the book and the sit method shows us how to feel our feelings through when we allow the feeling to come in and be fully expressed in us. And that usually doesn't take seconds. That'll take minutes or sometimes even an hour depending, but once it's felt all the way through the negative charge that was surrounding it, which is essentially fear is now deactivated because if you think about it, the only thing that ever makes us uncomfortable is trying not to feel uncomfortable. The only thing that makes us feel fear is trying not to feel fear. When I would have anxiety and panic attacks, I was trying so desperately not to have them and that would make it worse. And it would keep throwing it into the future to be recreated and recreated over and over again. So I can't necessarily say like, this is what you should do, but what worked for me is essentially to feel my feelings through until they were exhausted through me. Until each time I let myself feel it, I was by the end of it lying there in total and complete peace, no longer feeling the charge, so to speak, of that feeling. Therefore, I was no longer controlled by it. And therefore, I was no longer conflicted with the person that triggered me into the feeling or the situation or so on. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was a great answer. I definitely agree with you because for a long time with my feelings, I would just see emotions as unproductive, right? I'd be like, you know what? I'm just going to cut everything off. That's unproductive. I can't afford to feel that right now. But that doesn't really help anything. It kind of just adds like embers and gasoline to a fire that's just going to explode. And then I found myself exploding randomly at people I care about that had nothing to do with what I was feeling, but I hadn't addressed those feelings initially. And they had built up to this like awful nuclear bomb <laughs> of like feelings. <laughs> And that's and I learned I'm like, okay, whatever I'm doing is not working like this is not healthy. We have to find a better way to process this. But again, I feel like, again, with society and the way that things are with social media and so many different forms of stimuli, we are positioned not to feel right. It's not trendy to cry. It's not, you know, manly or strong to to feel your feelings. And I think it's to the detriment of a lot of people in their healing process. But and you know what's well, sorry. No, go ahead. You're fine. Yeah, you're fine. As you're talking about social media, it really makes me think how many people are super sensitive. Like you can't say anything now. Nothing. Without without being fully condemned and crucified for it. Like it is crazy. And the reason for that is because people are in deflecting mode. They're not in self-reflection. They're saying, You made me 
feel this way. That is an insane thought. Nobody reached their hands into your body and started brewing up the chemicals and goes, here's the chemicals, here's the feeling, <laughs> I'm in control of you. Because that would make me a slave to my environment. That would mean that now I need you to make me feel complete. Now I need you, Maya, to compliment me, tell me how great I am in order for me to feel good. Now you have all the power and I have no power. So that means if you're controlling me, everybody is going to be controlling me. And so people on social media, like especially attacking other people and all this, or not being able to say what they authentically want to say is because they're not allowing themselves to fully feel their feelings. And when you don't feel the feeling, you're like, ah, get it away from me. I don't want to feel it. So you throw it out there, which is the deflection onto somebody else and mm-hmm. remain in denial of it saying you're doing this to me. So the world out there in a lot of cases is in a really massive state of deflecting their feelings at this time. Yeah, I definitely have to agree. It's cancel culture is something that philosophically I struggle with because I do think that we don't give people really a license to be human beings and I think it extends to the grace you give yourself, right? I find that I'm a very I give I've learned to give myself a lot more grace in these past few years than I ever could have imagined. And I think because of that, when some someone says something controversial, I'm not as reactive as a lot of people because I I've extended the grace to myself and now I can extend the grace to the world. But a lot of people have not done that. And again, you're right. Like no one is responsible for your feelings, right? No one is responsible for the self-assurance you give yourself, even in a partnership when you're in a relationship. They are not responsible for your happiness, right? You are. And, you know, that's, it's easier to kind of put, put that weight on someone else, right? It's easier to say, hey, I want you to make me happy. You're the reason I'm feeling this way. Like, that's easier than kind of coping with the fact that you're responsible for your own emotions. Um, mm-hmm. So for me, in your book especially, the the nod to meditation really resonated with me because, like I said, I know for me that was a major part of my healing process. But why do you think it isn't as widely utilized as it could be even today, even though we know the benefits of this? Because I, I think maybe a lot of people, and I'm just guessing because it's kind of how I thought for a while, they're like, oh, meditating um, is so frustrating because I think there are a lot of methods out there that say, sit down and try not to think. Focus yeah. on your breathing <laughs> and shut the outside world out. Don't listen to anything. Just go in. And also, one of the biggest things is that is um is saying observe your feelings or sorry observe your thoughts let them float by like a cloud <laughs> so when you sit down you're like of course that's not going to happen like thoughts are coming on like the breath you can't control it you know it's just coming so if people were to understand that meditation to me means listening to everything remaining open to everything like when I sit down I my attention sometimes goes to my ears sometimes it doesn't but I listen intensely to the room if my dog barks I'm not distracted I'm listening to it if there's a car alarm going on outside I'm listening to it I'm not trying to shut it down and 
I'm also breathing and I'm coming back in and out of my breathing because I know the oxygen feeds my brain what it needs to think more clearly and also um, just have my body feeling more in a healthy state. But I just think that most people don't meditate for the reasons I just said, like they find that how can I actually shut everything down and not think to me, that's numb. And I just want to say, don't shut anything down. Listen to absolutely everything. Do not observe your thoughts, feel them. Whatever comes up, let everything come up and like a sponge, absorb it, take it in and experience all of it everything that's happening and as you do that and the more you relax in to the terror to the fear to the jealousy whatever it is that you're running from to meditate from as you let all of that in and keep exhaling and relaxing your body into it you're going to start to deactivate those prickly charges the negative charge and you're just going to feel more in alignment and more grounded and rooted in your body than you would if you're trying to shut everything down up there and not listen and just observe your thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree with you. I think that definitely have, I meditate often, right? But people are like, how do you, how do you do that? How do you meditate? And my relationship with it changed. Cause when I first started meditating, I was like, okay, so I have to like not think, not breathe, just like, like <laughs> not move, <laughs> stay still, don't do anything. But now it's, <laughs> It's it's almost envisioning your thoughts not as this like super stagnant way of thinking. It's like a river, like just letting everything ebb and flow, right? Just allowing yourself to feel everything. And meditation becomes a much easier, more fulfilling process that way in the sense that you no longer feel tied to this thought or that that thought. You're just letting things flow naturally and it's the 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 release of tension in that moment when you kind of shift to that perspective I think has been so impactful for me and I think more people need to be exposed to that thinking like no don't whoever told you to stop thinking and not think that's not that's not what we're doing here right yeah exactly yeah yeah you find too like when you meditate how long do you meditate do you have a set time or do you just I I used to I used to do guided meditations when I first started, which is a great place to start if you're like, okay, I have no idea what I'm doing. But now I'm to the point where I kind of just like get in my position and whatever time I feel like I need, I kind of just let it go. And there's sometimes like when I've been meditating for like 30 or 40 minutes or an hour and I'm like, whoa, that's crazy. But when you get to a point where you're no longer focused on the time and it kind of just like that's the best because then you're like, wow, I really released in that moment. I really just got in touch with myself really slipped into the timeless yeah exactly it's like you don't even it almost feels like you're levitating hard to describe yes. <laughs> i probably sound like a crazy person but no <laughs> not <to> anyway <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's two crazy people <laughs> totally um but speaking of being called crazy i definitely yeah. feel like you know um that we create our reality with our mindset, right? But I do think a lot of people believe I'm making things up when I convey that to them. And I, and I really wanna know what has been your experience with that when you talk about you know, that kind of connection with your mindset and the world around you. Do people think you're crazy too? You know what? I, 
I think maybe some people do. They don't say it. So I, I'm not sure because they'll probably just kind of like the internal eye roll or, you know, but, but generally I feel like the people I am lining up with are people that even if they don't have the same experience, they feel in alignment with what I'm saying. And I really believe that's when we start to understand that we're conduits to one another. That when, like you and I right now, we're passing information on to one another, yet through one another. So, you know, I'm moving through you in a way for you to ask me these questions. And you're moving through me in a way to answer these questions. There's no greater platform. You know, there is no such thing as a teacher or a guru or a master of anything. When we understand that we're passing that information on along to one another, via the the quantum field through vibration and physics then we're no longer holding people on a pedestal so we no longer feel a superiority or less than and i feel like the people that i am lining up with are there to serve me and i'm there to serve them yeah yeah i definitely have very poetic maybe you should write some poetry and release it so that we can <laughs> get that too in addition to poetry when i was a kid that's funny you said that in addition to soul center um i yeah. have some unreleased poetry that probably will never see the light of day but <laughs> oh, you should maya oh you should take yeah take a chance jump out there maybe just throw out one poem a month you know we'll put it under advisement you know we'll we'll put it Put it in the jar of things that Maya is, you know, I have like, I think some short story I released, but um, maybe I should do the poetry as well. Yes. So um, for me, habit is a big part of my life, right? It's, it's, I, I kind of talk about in earlier episodes of my podcast, like positivity mindset maintenance, right? So that means like not just meditating and doing those things when I'm having bad days, but doing them during the good days, right? To kind of perpetuate more good days. And habit has been something that's super powerful for me. So what are some of like the most transformative habits in your life that you think have contributed to who you are today? I love that you just said that because just last night, I can't remember what I was watching now on Amazon Prime. <laughs> I came from my last yoga class that I was instructing and it was pretty late. And what I've been doing lately is I sit for anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour. I'm like you, I don't time it. I just sit and then I'll, I'll um, focus on my breath in the sense that I'm doing some breathing exercises. I'll meditate. In other words, listen to the, listen to everything that's happening around me. And I always do that now before bed. But last night, so I was feeling so good, like how you were just saying, I was like, I'm just going to hang out and watch this Amazon Prime show and then go to bed. And, and something in my head said, no, because it's in the really good times too, that you have to keep applying the work. Otherwise, you start sliding down the hill again at five million miles an hour <laughs> and slam into a wall and wonder how it happened. <laughs> so... For me, I, I do have to hold myself accountable for doing things that I know brought me into a greater state of well-being mentally. 
because, and again, when I, when I don't, I can immediately tell the difference, but it's really easy because the, the ghost, as I call it in the book, which is just means mind actually in German. Um, when we don't, the ghost can be very manipulative and cunning and it can convince us of all the ways like me watching Amazon prime last night instead as to why we don't need to do that anymore. Why we should just be kind of floating energetically out of our bodies. Right. But then we got to bring the bee back to the hive to ground ourselves in to feel rooted and supported. Yeah. For me. Mm -hmm. And it's so simple too. You really don't notice it. Like you're just like, Oh, this little thing here then turns into a bigger thing and a bigger thing and a bigger thing. I've learned that like, it's kind of like a, like an avalanche. So it starts very small in the sense that you're like, Oh, I'll just skip my meditation today. I'll skip my meditation this week. I'll, I'll skip my journaling. I'll skip my, my daily reflection. And then eventually you're like, okay, why am I so sad? Like, what is going on? (laughs) Yes. And I'll notice too that when that's happening, all of a sudden my eating is horrible and I'm binge eating. I'm, I'm like massive carb loading to the point of way past full with insane sugars and not sleeping because it's like it was snowball. And, you know, because we just keep vibrationally lining up with things, the more mentally unwell we are, the more we're going to vibrationally align with foods and substances that are at the same vibration that we're taking in, you know, just like people. And then all of a sudden people are coming back into our lives and like, what are you here for again? You know what I mean? I thought, I thought I was done with you. (laughs) I healed all that. Now you're triggering insanity again. (laughs) (laughs) yeah like for sure um let me see so oh this is great well we talked a little bit about this but i think because you are someone i admire and someone i really connected with through your book what is and i'm you know like 22 (laughs) like what is some general advice that you'd like to leave like with the listeners today i think i have listeners from like all age groups all demographics but i think that we're all like thirsting and like hungering for any little vestule we can get of, of knowledge. So is there any advice that you want to give us? To kind of stay on track, you mean like mentally and emotionally? Like, I mean, any or... topic, anything that it's like on your heart to, to, mm. to say. Well, I just say hone into your feelings more. So the second that you feel uncomfortable, relax into uncomfortable so that it's no longer uncomfortable and notice how you keep breaking the floor of that. And then you drop down to another floor and there's another floor and you just keep breaking bottom, keep breaking the bottom, keep breaking the bottom until eventually you're sitting in a position where you understand how in control of your life you really are. Because when we allow our, our negatively charged feelings to operate us by not allowing ourselves to feel them. They will operate us. They will control us and we'll feel powerless and we'll continue to throw that onto the people around us, around us and make them wrong for it. So I just, yeah, one, one piece of advice would be to, to feel your feelings and uh, honor them. I love that. I love that. So what's next? You know, you've gotten, You've done this podcast with me now. You've done your book. Like, what's what's on the horizon? 
you know, I know I definitely will write another book. I've been writing for years for as long as I can remember. But the start of this book actually started seven years ago. And I wrote eight manuscripts before this one. Wow. It was kind of like the lead up, like they're all different than this one, but there are similarities that led up to this. So I feel like I've been writing this book for seven years. Um, <laughs> having said that, like in between, I was writing other chapters that I thought, oh no, this is going to go into another book. This will be later. So I know the next step is definitely uh, venturing off into another book and as well staying true to what I what I do full-time now, which is um, working with clients and helping them see their feelings through. Wow, that's super exciting. I can't wait mm -hmm. until the next book. Um, do you have any questions for me? Maya, oh my God, I have so many questions for you. <laughs> how, how did you get your life together at 22 and be able to do something like this? Like at 22, I was so insecure and scared scared of the world like there's no way i would have been able to get up with a mic like you're doing talk to me like this like how <laughs> where do you know where this came from like who are you <laughs> <laughs> um a lot of work um i think after I graduated college you know i was just kind of like on this path i graduated college when i was 21 so i graduated college like now almost two years ago um and i kind of just was like not happy right and i was like okay what am i doing wrong here what do i need to do and so i i went on this crazy hard healing journey i was like i'm gonna work out i was working out like five times a week i was like meditating learning how to meditate properly i started kind of like cutting out people in my life that were not filling into my cup right and i started like practicing really strong boundaries because i was like okay i need to lay these down now because this is a part you can't you can't you know if your cup is not full right you can't give from an empty cup or a cup that's mm -hmm. half full you have to make sure your own cup is full and i've just seen you know older people in my life and how they didn't practice those boundaries and where they are and how they have this level of unhappiness and i started reconnecting with nature right i started going to the beach more i started kind of like loving myself so deeply in the sense that I started going to the movies by myself. I started going to dinner by myself, doing the things that I wanted to do by myself. And through all of those things, there was just like this huge transformation in the sense that like I started to really love every part of who I am and really love every inch of who I am. And I no longer limited myself as a result because I realized the power of who I am. And I think it took some time and like, you know, results may vary. So anyone listening to this, like, if you do the exact thing, I mean, you don't get the same results, don't sue me. But um, I just wanted to to feel every part of who I am and really love every part of who I am. And I, I, I did the work and the research to kind of do that young so that when life's challenges inevitably hit me, you know, over the rest of my life, I, I have this foundation that I've set for myself that I'm going to love myself so unapologetically that no challenge can can break me and see that's why i know that the world's going in the right direction like yes people are crazy on social media and this and things like that like we were talking and people are sensitive but it's people like you maya that i again i have goosebumps when i'm saying this but like i firmly believe that the world has been in a healing crisis 
over the last couple of years, and it is moving through that healing crisis. It is her and his purged the old conditioning over the last couple of years to make way to for new conditioning. Yeah. And to experience new information, not old regurgitated information, but new information out of lights like you. Oh, wow. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah. It's incredible. Like you're so inspiring. What? Yeah. You're inspired. Love. <laughs> Love. Thank you. <laughs> Well, I don't have any more questions for you. Thank you so much for joining us. We will probably want to have you back. I'm sure I'm going to get a bunch of emails like, hey, bring her back. We want more. (laughs) (laughs) So definitely want to have you back. This was such an enjoyable experience. And I I'm really grateful that you were able to be a part of this. Thank you, Miami, too. Really appreciative. (laughs) Alrighty now. Bye.